0: Hi guys, welcome back to Build Better with Bio. It's just a series of voice notes to talk about certain things that I've been thinking about that I think will help you as you try to build a better business. Let's get into it. Uh, So this time around, we're talking about the Caring for 5 model. Uh, Interestingly, I didn't actually know that this isn't something that people knew about and I googled it the other day and I'm pretty sure it must be called something else because I couldn't find it on google but i will just talk you through it because i think it's a really interesting way of building teams and maintaining teams specifically so that you make sure that every single member of your team is being seen heard and supported throughout their entire journey with you now a lot of us uh, are building businesses on a shoestring budget so you're bootstrapping constantly uh as i'm sure you you know and have experienced it is it is extremely difficult to get funding for a business as a black person in this world so building something uh and having to pay people real salaries and all of that is very very difficult so there are a couple of things that you can do to ensure that you are onboarding people correctly that you are encouraging people into your team effectively And that when they're in your team, they actually stay there fulfilled by being seen, heard and supported. Right. So we're going to focus on that fulfilling part of it right now. And that's really the caring for five model. I learned it a few years ago while I was a team leader and um, at my church, actually, we read a lot of business books and it just stuck with me. So here it is. The idea is as a team leader, you should personally not be caring for more than three to five people at any one time. Because emotionally, physically, mentally, you cannot do your work and effectively care for, see, hear and support effectively more than five people. Because what you should be doing with every team member, and this can be daunting for people that have teams of nine, teams of ten, right? Or um, someone else I was talking to that has a team of 20, I believe, that are people that support her on her project. It is really, really difficult to ensure that every single person is being fulfilled effectively. And you can do that effectively, actually, by employing this model. So I'll st- stop talking around in circles and I'll just get to it, shall I? Okay, here we go. You appoint leaders to take care of your future leaders. If you have a big team, then you need to identify who the most lead- who has the most leadership material. Who is someone that you can trust to take care of other people? Not just emotionally, but ensure that you are figuring out what they need to learn. You are employing ways to help them learn that stuff. And then you are making sure that they, as human beings, are being supported enough to not only tell you what they need to learn, but actually learn that stuff properly, right? So it's all about building in this culture of continued professional development, through a person-centered, uh, a human-centered approach, if that makes sense to you, right? So, for instance, uh, we've got a team of about seven to eight, depending on how you count it, because, uh, like, who's already on the team, who's coming on board, who's um, who's dropped out for a second and is just doing other stuff. So, basically, all in all, we, we've got about seven to eight. Um, and what I tend to do is I have relationships with everybody in the team obviously because we're all human but what is most important to me is identifying those people that will take care of each other so a couple of people are already friends so i can pair them off together and they te- take care of each other but then anyone new that comes onto the team if they start building too high above that three to five threshold then i start looking at who else i can take on board and say hey Um, I'd really like you to lead on this aspect of the business. So can you manage these two people, right? So essentially what I'm doing is diluting my power as a manager, but keeping my sanity as a human being, right? Uh, So the way it works is every single person that is a manager, so you, and then whoever you appoint to be a manager of people, and this isn't necessarily task-based, this is just making sure that they're okay, right? And that you are co- consistently and effectively communicating with them as people, and that you know if they're having a hard time, you know if something's up with their family, so that they don't end up just dropping off the face of the earth and you have no idea what's gone on. Because that kind of stuff, people just abandoning your team or just leaving or quitting, or whatever, is a sign that you have not taken the time to get to know them as people you've only seen them as an opportunity to get tasks done if you have a high turnover rate within your volunteer team or within your like low paid staff or like when i'm talking about not the founders not the people that are like senior level within your organization assuming you have like seven to ten to twenty like not the key 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 people but the people that come in and go and come in and go if you have a High turnover on the like new entries, then you really need to think about if you are forming a clique within your organization or if you 're actually having open discussions and really being transparent and making every single person a part of the fold now, one of the ways that I ensure that despite the fact that we have a smaller team than some other organizations. It's important to ensure that you have transparency within the entire organization. And I learned this from Deliveroo, actually. Um, so they do a thing, or at least a few years ago, they did a thing where they would have every single member of the team on this, um, on this Slack channel. And everyone got access to pretty much everything. So no matter what, what you were doing in the business, no matter if you were like super entry level or the CEO, everyone was on this on this one Slack channel and everyone could be contacted and anyone could look into anything that was happening across the business. Now, at this point, they were already a billion billion dollar company. So I don't know that they would have changed uh, in the past few years. But it's really interesting because you, you by being hyper transparent with your team, you're encouraging them to see themselves as part of the leadership journey and see themselves as part of the overall and really encouraging them to see how they could use their networks their abilities their knowledge to not only do the thing that you think that they can do but make introductions because they've seen that you've just applied for this funding And actually, they know someone that works at the grant um, company, the the grant organization that you've applied for. So maybe they can have a, they can make an introduction. Like, that's not something that most people would like to share with people that have just entered their organization. Because it feels a little bit too much information when it comes to how much money you're making and all that stuff. But if you just open the doors and you say, hey, anything is up for grabs here. If you want to help, you can help. If you want to get stuck in, you can get stuck in. I will champion you and I will make sure that i know what you're going through so that you can help me in the most effective way possible like people don't join a low paying job or a low um a volunteer team unless they believe that they can really make a difference and if you are then shutting the doors and keeping them at a certain level just to kind of maintain a ba- that effectively maintains a barrier between you and them as to tasks then you're going to essentially make them into people that aren't fulfilled. They don't feel like they're seen because all they're doing is a task. They don't feel like they're heard because you don't even give them an opportunity to speak up. uh, And they don't feel like they're supported because you don't even know what's going on with them. Right. Uh, So the crux of it is to ensure that each member of your exact team, your leadership team, your senior team, whatever it is, You just pick a few people, right? Just pick one or two people and say, hey, we're going to really sit down and make sure that we are pastorally, I suppose, caring for the people that we work with. And that works out as one coffee a month. It's not a lot. It's basically saying I'm going to take three to five people in this organization out to coffee. I'm going to pay. Hopefully you can afford that to just pay for a Starbucks and a muffin right you just pay for their coffee you sit with them for an hour and you talk about things that are not directly related to work now that isn't to say that you talk about their ex-boyfriend or whatever that is to say instead that you will talk about things that are about them like what their big goals are what their big dream is why they decided to come and volunteer or work for you what matters to them why what drives them Because people are consistently changing. So even if you had the most amazing interview process in the beginning, if you find that six months down the line that they've changed, it's because they have. Like six months down the line, you see new stuff, you hear new stuff. Like You're going through different parts of your life. So you need to change with them or at least adapt around them and figure out where those changes are coming from. Because then you can make sure that you're consistently iterating the things that you're offering them as a job or a task or whatever to fit who they are and what they're about. I mean, most people quit their jobs because they don't like who is managing them for those reasons. They don't feel seen. They don't feel heard. They don't feel supported. And if you can infrastructurally organize yourself or your organization so that you can effectively take care of people and you just have a a rubric for what those one-on-one meetings look like and what the reporting system is... Across your organization. So if Dukbe has a meeting with Tommy and Tola um, and Biola over the course of the month, one on one meetings with them over the course of the month, Dukbe then reports to you, who you are having one on one meetings across the month, to say, um, and all uh, Dukbe and maybe, I don't know, Eniola, um, Dukbe and Eniola are your managers. Eniola is managing three people. Dukbe is managing those three people. And then you, all you have to do as the leader is then take care of Dukbe and Eniola. You don't have to think so hard about the six people that they're, in, um, that they're managing anymore. So that's basically the structure. And then when the three people that Dukbe is uh, managing are strong and doing really well, you can then say, okay, we, from a position of strength, we can bring on more people onto the team, and we can say, Toby or Tommy or whoever, what Tola, whoever name that was that was taken care of, you are. We think you are going to be a great manager, um, Toby. We think you are going to be a great manager. We'd like to bring on someone to help you with your tasks, and you can make sure that they get all the things that they need to get done, and you can make sure that they're seen, they're heard, and they're supported. That's the entire model. It's no, it's basically saying rather than recruiting for the sake of recruiting or recruiting because someone says, "Oh, can I help?" you position yourself in strength and then you build from you as a founder, you or founders or whatever it is. You build and then you say, "We're building, we're b- helping people develop into managers of people." And then when they become strong enough, you, develop, you give them people to manage. And when those people get strong enough, you give them people to manage. So it's not like a rolling recruitment anymore. It's not first come, first serve. It's not, oh, you're skilled in this and therefore we will take you. It is, this is what I care about. I care about having a strong organization that supports people first. And from that perspective, we are going to ensure that we have a really, really well thought-out team management structure that focuses on seeing people, hearing people, and supporting people. Now, that is a really, I hope, a really clear explanation of what the caring for five model is. Remember, it's five maximum caring for five people maximum, and it's not, uh, it's not specifically task-related. It's caring, not you know, delegating, delegating to five, it's caring for five, because that's the part I think that gets missed out a lot, because I talk to a lot of people that are having team management issues, Um, and I have team management issues sometimes, because when you're too busy, you kind of leave out the caring part, because you just expect everyone to be an adult and care for themselves, Um, but That isn't how it works. No one is that much of an adult that when they're going through a hard time, they're not going to quit the thing that they were once passionate about if it's not paying the bills, you know? So just figure out how to ensure that you're taking care of your people properly. Um, Hopefully you're thinking about the best experiences that you've ever had being managed by someone and you're making your job to recreate those experiences in your business because one of the beautiful things about being a business owner is that you can create the thing that will make you and the people that you're hiring happy you don't have to fit into the rubric of everybody else you can create something new and fantastic that is going to really reflect your values as a as a human being um well yeah that was that was it uh I don't know how often I'm going to be doing these but uh, I do hope that that was useful to you and that you enjoyed listening to me talk about management um, and caring for people for however long this is. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll talk to you again soon.